Hi, HR Nation. Welcome back to another episode of the HR Leaders Podcast, the show where we explore the future of work with industry experts and HR executives on the world's leading global brands. Super excited about today's episode. We're joined by John Frampton, who's the Vice President of Total Rewards and HR Operations at Beta Scott and White Health. Welcome to the show. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, happy to be here. It's been a while. Firstly, how are you? How are the family? Family's doing well, right? We're, um, you know, I've got kids graduating college and I've got, you know, kids that are just excited to be back in school. And um, it, it's been a, it's been a really good year so far. Wow. How's it feel? Excited when, for 2022. Right? How's it feel? Is, is, is this your first kid just graduating? Is it with your first? You graduate college. Yes. College. Wow. Well, how's that? How does that make you feel as a parent, as a dad? You know, the, I feel like I earned the grays. Uh, to, to, <laughs> yeah, you're embracing it. <laughs> she, she, she's, she's an amazing woman, and you know the world would be better to that, that she's kind of making this. But yeah, it's 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 you learn new things all the time, right? I had a great boss that said, you know, kids will teach you patience like nothing else in the world. Um, yeah. But um, I, I learned a ton. I, I always say she's so much smarter than I am. She's you know always kind of bringing new things in, and um, I'm told very often um, how I, I have no fashion sense. But, um, but that's okay because because it follows on with advice on how to how to close that gap. So yeah, uh, it's a lot of fun. Nice. Did she was she studying like was it local college like or was it like far away from where you are? She she's pretty local. It's only about an hour away. Oh okay, us, cool. Um, at uh, Baylor and um, yeah. So nice. she, she, she didn't want to go far away. I, I took off. To <laughs> now I was asking, because obviously the US is so big, like, uh, you know, it could be so, could be completely other side of, of it, of the, of the country or, or somewhere local, but even local always seems to be far away from when I speak to people, like our idea of local is like half an hour away <laughs> uh, as well. Like, you know, it's like four hours away. It's not that far, Chris. I'm like four hours, <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite far away um uh, yeah it's interesting because my my daughter's uh free and you mentioned she's you said you to your daughter she's an incredible woman when like when when did that language change (laughs) you know i i I, I wish i could point to the date right i think uh, (laughs) most recently you know she's she she's young for a lot of people graduating so she's just turned 21 this summer okay um and there was just that point of seeing her make kind of intelligent grown-up decisions yeah. about how she spends her money and how she spends her time when she has other opportunities that was like, okay, I think you've earned it, right? <laughs> like, you know, it wasn't when you started driving. It wasn't necessarily when you graduated high school. Really? When you, you really see a little bit of a transformation when they really become independent and kind of take care of themselves. I was like, you've earned the title. I'm That's cool. So I was- will still give her a hard time if her clothes are too short. Just <laughs> that so, never stop until, no. you know, gone, but... So it wasn't her saying, dad, I'm not a child anymore. Treat me like a grown up, grown up. Want one of those ones. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no worries. Now, t- tell everyone a little bit more about um, sort of your background and experience to where you are now, obviously, you know, he- heading up the total rewards and he- HR operations in the organization. Also tell everyone a little bit about the business if people aren't aware of the organization as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Baylor Scott and White Health, um, we are the largest not-for-profit healthcare system in the state of Texas. Um, 45,000 employees, physicians, about another 20,000 contractors. Um, so agency staff, additional physicians contracted, et cetera. Um, thousands of access points, you know, multi-billion dollar company. And so it's a, it's a really interesting thing. You, you talked about kind of the, 
oh, 30 minutes to go here. And well, we're only, we're not even across all of Texas. It'll still take, you know, eight or so hours to cross even our service area. Really? Uh, within the state. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the yeah, UK is so yeah. small and if you could drive from one side of the country to the other <laughs> in that time literally it's crazy uh, yeah so I, I joined um almost eight years ago right so seven seven and three quarter years ago almost um to build analytics here so that's that's my history right? I didn't have human resources experience when I joined um I built analytics and analytics teams for retail companies and semiconductor companies and all of those good things and got to, to bash my head against the wall of people who didn't actually want analytics to start and then really, really wanted analytics afterwards and um, in marketing and e-commerce and, and then now in HR. Um, and, you know, over the years, I've just kind of accumulated more responsibility. I've been able to take what data can do and just apply it to more and more areas of HR. And so to your point, kind of most recently, um, about 18 months ago, um, I took responsibility for our total rewards teams as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of connections to technology and the of operations course. teams and learning management and performance and all of those things that sit in that, that vague operations budget or bucket. But um, the Total Rewards team, amazing opportunity, especially now, right, especially in the market we're in now to look at data differently and how it's used and how you can help inform decisions to, to just be a little better. So, that's yeah. Cool. Well, I, I didn't even know that when we first spoke to from your role, because obviously when you think of vice president of total rewards, you don't really see all of that people analytics lens and all yeah. of the, your, your background experience. So we need to, maybe we need to rebrand <laughs> VP of people analytics, total rewards and HR operations. You've got a lot going on already. So let's not add that in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've only got 30 characters in that, that system field. So, yeah, that, that, oh, that, that's probably true as well <laughs> in there. Um, uh, it's always fascinating to speak to leaders like yourself about well-being in healthcare. How how is that different? Like, walk us through kind of the experience of leading I, that in a healthcare company. There, there's a lot. Um, I mean, I talk to peers outside of healthcare, obviously, uh, quite a lot. And uh, my my favorite analogy is: you ever gone to the home of someone who owns the best landscaping company in town? Their customers, their houses look amazing. You go to their house and it's barely mowed. <laughs> but, yeah. but imagine, imagine a, a caregiver, right? So you're a nurse. You spend all day caring for everyone else. Quite often, these folks when they get home, it, it's not there, right? And so self care becomes a secondary thing when your role is to give care. Um, and, and so if I talk about kind of the cultural difference, that that's the biggest cultural difference. And so that's a stigma that's existed for years and centuries and generations. And it's something that's passed down in, in healthcare. There's a lot of folks looking to change it though. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that first barrier of difference is really the, you know, taking time for yourself, right? It's it's the mother who, who spends all day working and then goes home and takes care of the kids and just feels like there is no time. How do you create that space? Um, and so you start there, right? And then you get into some of the differences that, that should be these really great kind of accelerators of, we can actually build it. <laughs> yeah. Right? So outside of, you know, these offerings being available, we can build it. We can make those connections from a soft offering into something that may need more clinical attention. You know, I think behavioral health, great example. We, we made this investment and, you know, we, we provide headspace and a couple other of the like apps to all of our employees. Um, I love that group, by the way, if you ever get a chance to talk to Eve, um, I got to do a, a little thing with her a while back. I always feel just 
lighter mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and a little bit smarter after talking to those folks. But, you know, how do you take something like that and then connect it to, you know, some, some of these folks really need true clinical help. And yeah. how do you make that connection? So those are the things that we're always looking at taking advantage of being in the healthcare space. Mm-hmm. I think like that the tools and technologies is, is there, right? Uh, so that, that's not holding us back. What, what do you think is holding us back? Is it a culture shift? Like what, what's the main barrier? That's the first one, just adoption of some of the practices, but you know, take anything that, that requires true habit, right? So wellness can't be a one-off event. You can't, as much as I would love to say, yep, go take a sabbatical and you come back and you're great. No, the problems are still there when you get back. It's, it's like working out. It's like eating healthy. It has to be part of your habit in your life. And that's hard for anybody. So let's just start with, it's just difficult there. The second piece, you know, again, in the in the world of, of healthcare and, and the work that, that these folks do, um, it is it's just plain difficult. You know, yeah. they're there even the really good days are not always that good when you compare to other things. So so there's there's that. Um, and then the whole self-care piece. But to really to really move the needle here, it has to start at that culture place. It has to be an initiative that allows for time and has triggers and you're teaching constantly. Um, and learning these things, uh, it's 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 much bigger than I'm going to go buy a wellness program, mm. right? And that's that's the hard truth of a lot of these things. Yeah, in your environment, then how how, how what have you found to be the best ways to communicate that? Because you've got staff that are not just sitting at desks, right? They're treating patients. <laughs> they're all over the place. Yeah, they're everywhere, right? Me. How do you reach them? They're probably not sitting. Oh, let me check our intranet today and see what's happening like they're not going to be doing that right so. it's a great example though by the way because that, that's where these things kind of start is all post an article um you know i will tell you the things that have been effective and we have a lot to learn i'll be very frank i think this is a journey that no one ends is meeting people where they are so we, we have a great team on 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 the wellness side and, and tremendous effort behind it this is this is people showing up at door stops and being in facilities and you know, take the, take the analogy of, of learning, right? Um, do I need to pull you off of the floor, have you sit in a classroom for an hour? Or I, do I need to be on the floor with you, teaching you through the process and coaching you through these things? It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. How do I become available? And then the consistency of it, you know? So head, again, I'm, I'm going to keep going back to Headspace, but, you know, how do you drive actual utilization and adoption of those programs? And it is, it's, it's got to be everywhere. It's got to be in conversations. When I show up to meet with my leaders and huddle, that leader needs to be able to speak really well about the benefits of, hey guys, let's, let's, let's take a minute and do a quick breathing exercise. Really lean into this. And you know, it's, it's not going to happen overnight, but the leader's consistency and their ability to keep driving those points is what does have the long lasting effects in, in, in our opinion. And so yeah. that's where we really lean in. Yeah, it has to be embedded into every element, right? From the very, very beginning in the onboarding all the way through um, as well. And you're right, you got to meet people where they are. So many companies for so long have been trying to drag everyone to them. Like I mentioned the internet one, but that's so true. <laughs> like in so many companies, it's like, or they're sending out emails, which is, you know, just so much information and so broad and not, personalized to the individual that they, don't, they just don't even bother opening well, and, it. it just you know so, so talk about another fun element of healthcare so you know through the pandemic i think we we captured that you know certain guidelines that we're you know responsible for and the people on the floor have to adhere to from cdc and from others 
I mean, I, I think they, they counted you know, 31,000 line changes over the course of two years. So, so think about the tail whip of that exercise. Someone says, oh, no, it's not this, it's this That's on a crazy. policy. And then you have to spread that down to the individual, the 45,000 individuals attempting to learn that. And, and they were changing every week. And they were yeah. like, <laughs> every week there was a new rule. <laughs> yeah, multiple times. And don't get me wrong, it's not, it's not through malice or anything else. It's people trying to do the right thing. But the impact of that, and then try to squeeze in. Oh, by the way, I want you to go take a break and and, and check out that. Like, yeah, stuff. sure. Yeah, great. Yeah, it's, like like I have time for that. <laughs> it's a very it's a very interesting time. <laughs> yeah, how has this whole time made you reflect on what it means when he, when we talk about rewards or benefits? Because in the past, it was very much, and even to this day, in most organizations, is sort of a one size fits all everyone has the same benefits whereas kind of we realized during the last two years and even continue now that people are at different stages of their life or some people some people are parents who need help with health care some people have elderly parents and need help with their care etc or perhaps you have the younger generation that are just coming into the workplace who don't care about any of those things and have one a different type of benefits as well how, how has that made you well i would love to hear your thoughts and perspective I mean, I, I'll tell you, you hit on the majority of them really well. So congratulations, <laughs> oh, you know the space. Um, you know, what, what I will tell you we would do, we've done it, is a couple of things, right? So one, there has been a, and, and I, am, I am so thankful for this, a very real response to the issues that exist with kind of food insecurities that exist with, you know, the, the, the folks uh, from our DEI populations. So, you know, our African-American populations, spent the the efforts we've made in personalization have been to increase the quality of that care and to close those clinical gaps and so when we personalize our programs that's the majority of our focus and that's what that's it's been like that really over the couple of years and so things like you know making that the, those lower payment just just inescapably easy to get great care mm -hmm. and how are we doing that well we're funding that with people who can afford it right and so we've taken that stance as an organization and we're really proud of that kind of personalization. What you what you what you hit on was really interesting. And so you know, you, you talked about how kind of the the data can start to mix into this world. So you know, one of the the muscles that we've built, and I like to use that term because you're always trying to build, is we've been able to in-house this idea of kind of these conjoint surveys, right? And being able to pulse our organization on the preferences across all our total rewards and what that really means. How do you quantify the value of give me an extra, you know, half a percent on my, on my retirement versus a, a day of PTO and really be able to get into that. And I'll tell you, the recent findings are exactly what you're hitting on. The, the real stark difference is in age and generation. Really? It's mm. things that you don't think about. It's things like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to let you sell more of your PTO this year. Well, if you don't have any PTO to sell because you're only 25 and you've been here for, that does not matter to you at all, but you <laughs> yeah. don't think about that as you're going through it, but it's the same thing. While satisfaction with our programs is pretty consistent across the board, specifically our medical programs, specific satisfactions with premiums and with you know out-of-pocket um, for those early tenure is different because they don't they don't feel like they need it, right? Or they don't they don't want as much of it. And so they're real stark difference when you put those folks on a curve of where their importance and where where their satisfaction lies. Um, we saw the greatest difference there. And so we're using that now to obviously 
build our designs for this year mm-hmm. uh, and focusing on additional personalizations that are really meaningful because you can personalize all day. It doesn't mean it means anything. That's true. We, we, we've now got some really strong data that says, no, it will mean something to these folks and it will help with attraction and retention um, and, and engagement. So, yeah. Do you, are you, I know this is pretty early. Do you already have the systems in place to be able to do that though on scale? Cause that's the hard part, right? It's like we doing that on scale is a whole nother. <laughs> do you have the, a system in place right now or are you still having to do that very much manually? Um, so we, we do. I mean, and the interesting thing is, you know, uh, what will be interesting is, you know, we're still old school in that we've got our ERP system on premise. It's people soft. So we can modify that and know how to do that to, to accommodate these things. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Now, the interesting thing will be is if we change and as we change and as we look to go into cloud-based systems, how do you accomplish the same thing? Yeah. So yeah. it's it, it's a lot of those kind of conversations of we know we need to continue to personalize how you do it at scale. And I can already imagine in an organization like yours that has been updated, tweaked, integrated into a million <laughs> different things and it's, it's a whole <laughs> that could yeah, be a, a whole, yeah that's like integration diagram scares people i'll bet, it was ter- I'll bet it's terrifying <laughs> it's, it's, I, yeah. I, I can only imagine trying to replicate that in is in the cloud is going to take it's like a whole it's a couple of years at least <laughs> like at very least to to and a whole team behind that to to make to make that happen yeah, yeah team that doesn't have another day job yes yeah, so i meant yeah exactly a dedicated team to be able to do that you see everyone's yeah. like it's all great saying those things but <laughs> it's easier said than done is really yeah is it is it also a challenge from that perspective in, in working in and your type of organization to get sign off for things like that like was it like for example like the headspace or we'll use that as an example was that pretty easy to get a sign off or because of the nature of the, the organization yeah, there's so many layers of sign off for red tape, et cetera. I, I will tell you that whether we've admitted it or not has been an intentional change. Okay. So we, we've actually, and, and benefits is a great example. We've, we have very clear lines of delineation, responsibility, fiduciary, et cetera. So through that, we have a very clear path of how you make those kind of changes. Okay. Nice. Um, now there is, there's a lot of scrutiny. <laughs> no, it just should be. As there should be. I mean, yeah. we're not talking about a, an insignificant investment. Of course. And so it, it really has been um, great to see that the ability to speed that. And even in the compensation space, that's the other thing the pandemic gave us was it stripped away all the nonsensical approvals and said, this is the group and these are the populations that need to approve these kind of decisions and why. And so we've been able to actually move at speed in a lot of those situations because of it. Yeah. That's one of the things that was a big shock that, like just taking the time to think about like the amount of companies I'm speaking with before the pandemic that had like these two, three, four year plans that did it within a week. And it, there was no other reason why they didn't do it apart from their own self that they were get, everyone getting in their own way. And these un, un, like old outdated policies and procedures, it just blew my mind to yeah. see how quick some of these global brands or organizations like yourselves, right? Just made decisions mm-hmm. and not because they wanted to, because they had no choice. Talking about going remote, for example, right? Oh. As everyone did it. 
But if you ask all of those organizations, could they do it before? They're like, no way. <laughs> it's never going to work, <laughs> right? It, yeah. People are not going to do it. Like it's just, it, it's, it really, really something that I felt like we're going to look back on many years from now and be like, wow, like. Well, and, and, and now we just hope it sticks. Yes. Right. So, you know, the, think about the, the impact that, to telemedicine in the, in the, in the U.S., right? I mean, there was so much restriction to making that an effective medium for care that has been stripped away. And now that they're continuing to renew, even though, you know, the, the cases are, are waning a little bit as, as a really valid medium for, for giving care. And it really is. I mean, when you talk about availability and accessibility, that's something that that's a tool that, that physicians and, and, and leadership need, you know, for us, what we hope, and it's a great example, and I would love to take credit for it. And I would love for the team to take credit <laughs> for it, but, you know, historic, historically to get a, a large investment in base pay, so call it a market adjustment accomplished was eight, nine months. And we just pulled off the largest one in our history in six weeks. And then crazy. And so, you know, of course I'm like, Oh, well, look what I've done. Right. But nothing to do with me. This is true. The team, but, but the environment of, you know, we had the pandemic, it's driven those changes. Now we have this really uh, interesting and, and aggressive labor market. It's doing the same thing. Yeah. I feel like those companies that do end up kind of, Bolt going back will just lose. They'll just lose in the market. They won't lose talent. They'll, and it's the companies that, that, that continue to disrupt themselves and are agile uh, will win. This is as simple as that. <laughs> it's like I saw many of our competitors who uh, just don't exist anymore because they were just like, no, we're going to be stubborn and stick to, you got to be in nine to five, Monday to Friday for no reason at all, but just because we want you there, just because uh, as well and offered zero flexibility and they wonder why we're now, we're now hiring their talent. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's pretty crazy um, as well. Did you um, honestly like ever, like before, you know, the last two years, just, um, did you ever think it would get this far this quickly with, with all the changes and disruption that's taking place in, especially in this area of rewards and comms and bends? No. If you would have asked me, would we be doing the things we're doing now before the pandemic? No. I, I, I really, I really thought it was going to be a continued kind of slow grind. The only thing that I thought, especially in healthcare, that was really going to do this was, was real, revolutionary level of government intervention is I think the only thing that really could have pushed us as far as we've gotten without, you know, the, the crisis. Um, you know, I, I've seen change before. I mean, in, in retail, you, I've seen the vast moves to, you know, uh, e-commerce and, and, you know, omni-channel and all these different, these different views, but even those were slow and gradual. It's true. I mean, you know, they, they weren't, there wasn't some crisis to drive the need to absolutely have an online strong presence that can get things to people's houses in days, even with the Amazon and how Amazon pushed a lot of these traditional retailers hard. It was still years to see this kind of change. We've seen, I mean, I've seen rapid development here that, that we've never experienced before, um, which is great. I don't know how sustainable it is from an employee and, and you know, workforce <laughs> perspective, yeah. um, you know, cause now everybody's talking about burnout and everybody's talking yeah, about sure, right, yeah. it, it's, it's created its own kind of second pandemic, but mm. 
yeah, really interesting. It's a tough job, right? And uh, let's just not be, let's be honest. Like, what what's kept you going so long then, despite the frustrations sometimes? Like, what keeps you going? Yeah, you, you know, I, I think um, it's interesting. So I'll, I'll tell you the story of how I was actually brought here. I mean, so I I was running analytics for um, one of the largest sports retailers in the U.S. Um, really across the board, so much broader scale than, than HR, obviously, and. Um, you know, there's an opportunity where, where what you do can really have an impact on someone. And I'm, I always find I'm, I'm probably not intelligent enough to, to be a clinician and no one would ever want care from me. Um, but you know, if I can do something to help them make that day better, make their decisions better, then, then that that's pretty strong. Um, other than that, it's the team. And, you know, we had really strong leadership as long as I've been here. But I will tell you, our, our executive team that is in place now, my leader, who is you know a former peer, and her and I have worked together for a long time. I have a tremendous amount of respect for. Um, you, you just see how how hard everyone else is pulling around you, and it makes you want to do the same. Yeah. And so you know when when you see that and you respect the people and you know that everyone is all kind of focused on the mission, it it, it does it keeps you through a lot of those those really difficult times. But I'll be clear, I mean, there's there's a lot of them. It's years of people working way more than they have before, whether it's at home or in the office. And, but there's also a focus on, you know, let's take time where we can. We just got to think differently about it. So I, I've seen a lot of that build. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, for me, I get to try new stuff all the time. So while, while I may complain <laughs> about how HR operations doesn't really have a boundary, yeah. uh, and that just means I'm in a bunch of conversations, that's also exciting because you get to kind of apply your knowledge in a bunch of different areas. Um, could collaborate with new team members, things like that. And would you say that's also what's kept you there so long? Mm-hmm. Is that opportunity to constantly move, take on new roles? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I know we've come quite far, like, and we've still got a lot of work to do. But what do you think, sort of, the the future of work and pay and, and benefits will look like? You know, I. So if I take very specifically, like clinical healthcare because I think it's, I think it's a good analogy in that, you know, they can't working remote today is difficult, (laughs) right? You're, you're in a clinical setting, you're in a hospital. However, what I see is moving to is a more flexible arrangement and a flexible contract with people working with us. I do see us making moves and, and doing things that are attempting to get ahead of that. Right? So at the end of the day, the relationship between the employer and the employee is going to shift, I believe. And I think it is going to shift more towards the employee being in that driver's seat. It's already there. It's clear. already there, yeah. <laughs> but but, but, but I, I, it, as things wane, because the market will change, inflation will change, but as things wane, that, that I think holds. And so the enticement to come may not be, you've got to come and stay permanently. It may be an enticement for a single shift. So that changes how you incent, how you reward, how you identify. Then you may have people that, that do want to stay longer. But to me, you know, how, how do you how do you take someone like me who always wants to try something new? How do you allow for an internal network where you get to pop over and develop on things that that maybe you wouldn't try before, right? And just to just to learn and, and grow. And so, you know, when I think about the relationship with work, it becomes much more dynamic. And and I do see that usually where someone's skills and abilities are, are, are known and understood. Um, 
you know, I always go back to the blockchain world, right? If, if I could have a, a personal blockchain on a person's portfolio that understood skills and abilities and how do you pull that up and say, man, I've got four spots for you. Let me tell you how that would work for you. It changes recruiting. It changes, be, changes the whole, work. changes what work even means yeah. at that point. Yeah. And that's so cool, by the way, like you're like, I love your vision and I agree that would be an incredibly exciting environment to work in, right? Where you're no longer defined by a function, a job title, what you studied, because just because I studied this doesn't mean I have, don't have transferable soft and hard skills that would make me a great in this area of the business, right? The same way that you didn't start in HR, all right? And you used that, those set of skills that you developed. You had to obviously learn some of the industry, I'm sure, or, or the function of what it really means, but you can learn those things um, along the way. And I would, I would, I would assume that there'll be a lot more people working in companies probably a lot longer <laughs> that would have multiple careers. But if you are a person that wants to work, like I'm always thinking like, why can't you, for example, work for four companies at the same time? If you really wanted to, and it made sense, right? And it was designed yeah, in the way that you could I do that. That's a great example. That's a perfect example. So today, I mean, you think about the upworks of the world and you know, the, the, you know, emerging gig economy. And I say emerging because in healthcare, it, it, it's not, it's, it's, it's not as prevalent, right? We have agencies and contracts and, and those kind of things, but you know, that's a world where I may have a consistent relationship with five or six different organizations that all know that there's nothing to hide, but that allows me to, to schedule and do good work as I can for whomever is available to do it. Yeah. So I, I can see that, but that changes the, the, the kind of immediate nature of everything, of everything. <laughs> All of the systems, but, but again, processes, so everything's just like, not, yeah, <laughs> because it's all you know, designed around a traditional. You know, the conversation starts though, right? So the conversation starts, how do I create a more flexible experience today for a medical assistant? And those conversations are happening now. How do yeah. I do that for a nurse, for a doctor? Those conversations are happening now from a systems perspective how do i incent them differently right and then you know how do i create space to say you can have you if you want to have four jobs you can have them all here and I yeah that yeah exactly that, that's stuff that's happening now mm. and so we're getting there the interesting thing though is then you still have the conversation about oh but you're beholden to turnover well what if turnover is not a bad thing <laughs> that's also true yeah and then you're having a very different conversation and so i think that those conversations are are i mean I, i've literally been having those conversations and we get to hear from our clinicians and how they want everyone's excited about looking at ways of doing that there's a lot of trial and error between what we're talking about <laughs> and and where we are today yeah but, but it's exciting to see people asking those questions yeah um, but even even pay them. in general like has been massive disruptive of like the, from a legal perspective of like hiring employees or you know me being able to work from anywhere in the world it's not as easy as that for everyone listening mm -hmm. obviously if you don't know already you can't just go away like it doesn't work that way <laughs> from a tax perspective but if there was a way we could create a system where that was possible that that would also open up a whole world of opportunities and because a lot of the comms and ben compensation and benefits that you've got are specific to that local region right that you can't then give someone who's based in the UK, for example. 
as well. Oh, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's fascinating. Because <laughs> I remember at the beginning, everyone was like, oh, I'm, I'm being in the pandemic, everyone was like, I'm going to go work here. I'm going to go work there. I, I, I'm going to make, I'm like, you can't do that. <laughs> it doesn't work. But it must have been a shell shock moment for the, the HR teams and the payroll teams of like, no, you can't do that. Where And also, also like, where have you just hired that person? You need to tell us before you hire someone in another country, somewhere else where we don't even have an entity <laughs> set up as well. So yeah, it's an exciting space though. It's really, really exciting space. Um, where, where do you see your role in the future? Is, uh, you know, it's interesting that I, I speak to CTROs all the time who even in their own company are not afraid to say, I'm not going to be here in a two or three years time. I don't plan on settling. And they're really open about that, which sometimes threw, threw me off the first time, but it's true. Why should that be a strange conversation to say that, by the way, I'm not going to be here forever? See, I mean, like, whereas in the past, you just wouldn't have that conversation. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it, it absolutely does. And I think that you do see people being more open about that. Right. I mean, I, I, and I, I, I take it as a personal kind of uh, compliment that I can be open with my teams and they'll come to me and say, Hey, I got this job offer. What do you think? <laughs> and then these are people that work for me that I would be devastated to lose. Yeah. Right. But that's the conversation we have because I'd much rather care about you as a person than as an employee. Yeah. And so that, that's where I think that that kind of starts. You know, you, you asked me that question. I, I told you before where, where as long as I'm growing and I'm learning and I'm getting to try new things, I, where I do that, if it, if it can tie to, to my values and, and what I think are important and, you know, I, yeah. I'm going to keep doing it. Right. And so, um, but, you know, I'll tell you, my, my boss and I have that conversation quite frequently, right? Hey, let's just make sure that that I'm being pushed. <laughs> what I don't want to do is get bored. And trust me, that's not a problem. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Keeping you busy. It's interesting, though, because most of the people I know that, uh, that I speak to that have left their companies and gone to another company, they haven't even had that conversation. They've just assumed there's no other role for them. They've assumed that that their boss would react terribly and there may be obviously um, I've worked for companies where I could, I I've made that assumption too. And sometimes mm -hmm. rightly so. <laughs> um, but the fact that they would rather go and have that core of a recruiter and go to another job without even exploring or having that conversation with their manager is shocking to me, but it's actually very common. Well, yeah, and, oh, and it, it absolutely is. It, it's interesting. I, I was talking to, um, well, actually one of the, the selection firms we use. And, you know, he said, people, people hate me now. He said, they, you know, leaders hate me because I'll, you know, you used to have to go hide in your car to have a conversation with me because now I'm just on zoom all day. Oh yes. <laughs> he said, I'm, he said I'm, I'm so deep in pulling passive candidates from your company. You don't even know. <laughs> it's so true though, right? <laughs> and so, but it, you know, in the market it just is crazy, but you know, I'll tell you the, the interesting thing, and, and you're absolutely right, because every single one of my team members could, every one of them is going to get offers. They're going to get hit up by recruiters. They're going to do these things. And, you know, I, I would rather be upfront about it. It's just like the turnover conversation. I don't know that it's all bad. I also don't know that, that we want to stop it because people grow and they come back and they're stronger and they come with mm -hmm. new perspectives. So, you know, our job is to, is to run our race. And so that's why, you know, I'll, I'll tell everyone of my team members, talk to the recruiter. And if you hear something that piques your interest, come back and let's talk about it. Yeah. Because I'd rather modify what you're doing to meet what's, what's inspiring you 
and then get that out of you <laughs> versus you feeling like you have to go somewhere else to do it. Yeah, or you'd rather they, they if they want to explore another part of the organization, let's see if there's some opportunities there. Chris, we, we have we have 5,000 job openings. <laughs> yeah, we can find something. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure there's some opportunities, right? And <laughs> somewhere in there for everybody. Yeah. Y'all listen, come on, uh, just, you know, hit me up, we'll talk. 100%. <laughs> listen, before I let you go, I want to jump into our quick fire round. Um, so I'm going to ask you some questions, but you only got 30 seconds per question. All right, are you ready? <laughs> um, what are your personal hobbies and passions outside of the office? Um, besides kids, I um, and my wife, obviously, uh, we spend a tremendous amount of time outdoors, um, whether just in the woods, walking around. Um, I've got a, I've got a crossroad in my backyard. And if, if I can spend three hours a day there, I would. You've got a what, sorry? I've got a CrossFit gym in my backyard. Wow. Okay. Jealous. Just kind of acquired pieces uh, over the years. And nice. That's, that's, that's how cool. Wasn't expecting that one. Love it. Last time I did CrossFit, I threw up everywhere. Just, 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 <laughs> I went a bit too hard. And then I went outside and was like spinning and then just threw up everywhere. I was super embarrassed. That was my and, first experience with CrossFit. <laughs> and, and, and to be clear, just because I have it doesn't mean I'm good at it. Oh, okay. so that, that's, that's probably what confused you. I just enjoy doing it. That's cool though, in the back garden. Um, if you could click your fingers and change one thing about HR, what would it be? Wow, that's a tough question. That's a tough one. Um, you know what? I, I, I would say that HR has the opportunity to be more bold. Mm -hmm. I think that, that I think all of us need to, to walk with swagger and confidence and be bold in every room we walk into. Love that. Um, how would you say your your wife and kids would describe what you do for a living? <laughs> <laughs> I know why you have this question because they have no idea. Um, you know, I, I I think they I think they would stop it. He does something in human resources. That's it. That is so so along those lines. Um, what legacy do you want to leave behind for your family? Oh man, I, I love the idea of legacy and, and and footprints and everybody leaves that shadow. Um, you know. Honestly, if people know that I, I love to learn and love to teach, that, that's that's really it, right? I mean, for me, the, the, when I think about purpose, that's I want to learn new things so I can spread it. And and that's what I try to do all day. Amazing. Um, what would you say is the biggest investment you've made in yourself? Besides the gym? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, so we, we talked earlier about those kind of habits and the consistency. And so the biggest thing that I've done is really focus time every single day for my own wellness activities. I mean, I, I really have worked on that habit. It's not something I do perfect um, all the time, but finding time to get sweaty, to, to get my heart rate up, and then hopefully do a little bit of meditation has been really valuable for me. Nice. We also need to learn to forgive ourselves when we don't do those things. That's part of it, right? not beat ourselves up. <laughs> I'm allowed to skip one day, but two, then I start getting mad at myself. Yeah. <laughs> only one day. No worries. Um, who would you say the one person in your career that's had the biggest impact? You know, it's interesting because it wasn't in my career. I had, um, I had multiple coaches when I played football in college, but I had a coach my sophomore year named Keith Wagner, who was the meanest, hardest person I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> and I love him to this day because I think there are pieces of me that he brought out that I didn't know existed. And I, I still rely on those. Yeah. At the time, we didn't feel like that though, right? <laughs> it, 
I know how um, you feel, by the way. I'm thinking the, of some the, of my the coaches. Winning, the winning afterwards did. <laughs> yeah. But, 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 but at the time, it definitely did not feel like I'd be saying a dream right now. Like, Chris, another 10 laps. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. And then um, last question. Um, what advice would you give to sort of the, the HR leaders of tomorrow that are coming up the ranks? Find your strengths. Right. So we talked about it a little bit. Mine, mine aren't necessarily in traditional HR, but fi find yours, whether it's empathy, whether it's, you know, I, I'm an amazing listener or, hey, you know what? I can keep consistency and be emotionally sound. My EQs off the chart. Find that and lean into it in everything you do, because you can apply those to areas you would never expect make sense and they'll yeah. be valuable. Yeah. Love it. Well, look, thanks for coming on. I'm glad we made it happen as well. And uh, what's that badge, by the way, you got on? I've been staring at it for the last oh, hour. Sorry. Yeah, so these are our badges. So, um, you know, we're, we're big on, on vaccination here and it's important to us. And, and so we've got our badges updated for, um, to, to represent that. Oh, is that what it was? Oh, no, I was just interested. I was just like, sorry, I was like trying to make out what it was <laughs> the entire time. No worries. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. And um, if, if I'm ever Nick close by, we'll have to do a workout and I'm sure I'll be hopefully i won't be sick again <laughs> let's say okay, next time you hop in the pool afterwards it's it's warm at least eight months out of the year so nice well listen i wish you all the best until we next week but i appreciate you coming on thanks thank you chris appreciate you thanks <laughs>